Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 11, Crazy Stupid Love from 2011. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And this episode is brought to you by Fleece. You mean Fleece? That's boyfriend material. So now why did you pick Fleece? Because I, cause when, he, when he walks into the bar and he asks Steve Carell what he's wearing, and he's like, oh, sweatsuit again? I, like, I was trying to find out what sweatsuit is made out of, but apparently like in fabric stores they just call it sweatshirt fleece. Huh. Yeah, so that's why I was like really trying to figure out. Look for cotton interlock jersey or simply knit fabrics, but sweatsuit fleece sounded about the best, so sweatsuit fleece. There we go. I like it a lot. Here we are on episode 11 of Boyfriend Material. Coming up after the break will be Aislinn Addington. She has not been on a Boyfriend Material yet, but she was on both Magic Mike's and Too Fast, Too Forever. Was she the first? Is she the first to complete our trifecta? I think so, for sure. She was not right? on Zack Attack because we didn't really know her until after Zack Attack Chris, ended. Chris has been on like two, right? Chris is on Boyfriend Material. Chris was on Zack Attack. Chris was on Too Fast, Too Forever. I don't think he's been on Magic Mike's. Was Aislinn on Zack Attack? I don't think she was. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. We didn't really know her until after that ended or yeah. we caught up. So we'll have to get her on there because now it's a race to the first for four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First team to four wins. Best of seven. But in this race that we call life, things are going to slow down. I don't know who listens to this show that also listens to Magic Mike's. I know that there's a few. I know that Jenny and I know Melissa and Montez. But Montez. you may have already heard on Magic Mike's that Joe and I have decided that we are going to not end this podcast. But we are going to, we want to pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to go to once every three months because we want to spend time instead focusing on Too Fast, Too Forever. So that's where our fan base are. That's where people are listening. We're going to go do that twice or every two weeks starting in November. I did not want to, we did not want to end Boyfriend Material because there's so many good guys. Great movies like this, by the way. When I first, we, we had thrown around the idea of ending the show after 10 because 10 sort of felt like a logical out. Like we did 10, we'd rather focus on Too Fast, Too Forever. And when I told Melissa that, friend of the show Melissa Lynham, she was devastated because, specifically, this movie. She was because like, you're never going to get to see this movie. I was like, yes, because she knew how good this movie was. She wanted us Damn. to watch it for the show. Well, she had some foresight, honestly. I'm because, so like, glad. Yeah, I'm not going to say much more about it until Iceland checks in, but I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think that this was going to be anything that I liked, even though I'm a huge fan of Lifetime movies. Sure. And I was pleasantly surprised. So very cool. On a related note, though, I want to I want to get this in before we continue on. Okay. I've been watching some TV. You know what I noticed recently? What's that? Is that I'm watching TV commercials. Okay. Yep. And I found this commercial for a boyfriend material, which is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is the same cereal that our friend sent us in the last email, right? Yes, the German 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 Cine Minis or whatever. Yes. Those, and you know what song they play in the commercial? No. Take a guess. What? Donza Kaduro. Ooh. And I was like, this is the perfect mesh of everything that means something to us in a very weird way. Very much so. Yeah. It was really strange. Very, very cool. Very weird. A crossing, a meeting of the minds, a melting of the minds, a mind meld, if you will. Apparently someone in this movie, I might have missed it, 
Gosling eats cereal? Is that true? Rachel pointed it out to me. Yeah, she she did. He's eating cereal when, um, I think, like, Steve Carell's calling him or something. It's, like, later in the movie, but yes, he is eating cereal in this movie. Okay, very interesting, because there was a, there's a little bit of trivia on IMDb that Ryan Gosling actually eats his cereal in this movie, which <laughs> is a, a rarity. You know, that is worth worthy of trivia. Yeah, it is, for sure. So here, before we go too, fur- too much further, we have an email address here on the show, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Email us pictures of cereal, like we got one, you know, we've gotten a bunch of those before. Email in picture, or email in your thoughts about the movies, about our show. You know, we talked about on Magic Mike's, if you're devastated by our decreased frequency, email in. You know, we are suckers. We're, we're, about it. we're very vain. And if you want us back, we will come back. We did get an email, though, to Magic Mike's, but I'm going to read it here because it also applies here. It is from Jenny McMullen. And her subject line is reduced frequency. Okay. She says, hi, guys. I'm only halfway through the most recent mics, Magic Mics, but wanted to send this before I forget. I still listen to all four of your podcasts, but my commute is 45 minutes each way, so it takes a round-trip commute usually to listen to one podcast, because we do talk for a long time. Yeah, usually about, yeah, two hours. Usually about two hours, right? Yep. I'm only halfway through the last gauze cast and 30 minutes into the last fast cast. I don't really prioritize which ones I listen to first, but it will be a relief to have more time in between episodes. So, Jenny, you're welcome. She agrees with the with the mm-hmm. good. Okay. I do think it is kind of funny that the podcast for movies you've already seen has taken the spotlight away from movies you haven't seen. And then now that I've sent in an email, I will be even more eagerly awaiting the next episode in January. Keep up the good work, superfan. Jenny. Thank you, Jenny, from hearing from you. I know. I didn't think of it always. like this, and I don't know that you did either, but I, I do agree with her that it's kind of funny that we're like, hey, we're going to focus on movies that we have seen instead of ones that we haven't, but <laughs> yeah, I know, at right? the same time, I've yeah. seen not this one, but I've seen most of Gosling's movies. Yeah, you have. I haven't seen any movies. So... Yeah. It was interesting. I'm glad that she approves. I, also, I was also thinking, I was trying to do the math, so right now, at three a month for three shows, or one a month for three shows, it's 36 a year, right? Going okay. to the other way, once every two weeks for 2F2F and four a year for the other two, it's 34. So it's basically the same number of shows per year. With If we throw out a couple bonus episodes, we're basically right where we were. It's just we're focusing more yeah. on Too Fast, Too Forever because that's where people – that's where, you know, I want to go where the people are, just like Ariel saying. Yeah, exactly. I want to go where the – yeah. Or Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Anyway, what I'm saying, we have an email address here, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. If you want us back more, we can come back more. Just let us know. Or if you just want to email in a bunch, we could do mailbag episodes, not about movies. But as it stands right now, we will be back in three months. We'll go over this again at the end. We'll be back in three months in January for the next movie, which is, ooh, Drive. That's another, that's a big one that we're going to be coming back for in January. Did you notice his jacket in this was a little drivey? I did, the white one, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he had a little drivey mm-hmm. jacket in this. So he must have picked it up from driving and just carried it over to this movie set. Maybe, maybe. The other segment that we're going to do here before we take a break and welcome in Iceland is we have Canadian Goose and Loose, Canadian Gauze on the laws. I have, a, I have a funny tidbit about that. I was talking to one of my friends sure. at work. I was saying about how Ryan Gosling was playing the first man. And he was talking about like something else. And he was like, I can't believe this person is playing that character it's like totally not the bill like if anybody found out that he was like british or something like it wouldn't make any sense or maybe it was like daniel craig like i said daniel craig should play like some like american character or something and he's like but he's very british and i was like yeah but like ryan gosling's playing first man and he's canadian and he was like he's canadian so okay <laughs> well canadian there is on the laws. there is a whole 
controversy that like we talked about last month about people not wanting to see this movie because that you don't see them plant the flag. My gaze on the loss was that I saw this movie and we might do a bonus episode of it or we might do it instead okay. of Drive or before Drive or whatever when it comes yeah. out on Blu-ray in, I'm assuming, January or February. I don't know. But there's a controversy that people aren't going to see it, including our president, because you don't see them plant the flag. And they were saying that apparently there was a a rumor going around that you don't see the flag at all, but you do. You just don't see them plant it. So, you know, fake news, etc., etc. I really enjoyed that this movie was not out and there was many people in the political theater that had said that they're not going to see the movie because there's not enough flag in it and it's anti-American. And they had not seen the movie. And nobody had seen the movie. Right. That was just my favorite thing about it. Like, I mean, I've definitely done this before. Like, I'm not going to see that movie. Like, everybody likes it. But you're also not saying to 16 million Twitter followers or 60 million (laughs) Twitter followers or whatever it is. Exactly. Fuck that movie. You're just saying... Exactly. You're saying to Rachel and maybe me and maybe Matt, like... And I'm not saying I'm boycotting it or that everyone else should boycott it. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to see that movie. It sounds stupid. Not, like, I know that there's not enough Venom in the Venom movie, and, like, I'm not going to see it. Everybody else should not see it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, What I will say, though, is if you can try to see this one in theaters, because it is, it does have a sort of grand-ish epic feel to it because there is a lot of him going into space and sort of flying ships and you know both you know flying because he's a pilot and flying planes before he goes into outer space then going into outer space as tests and then the actual Apollo 11 mission there's a lot of really visual stuff I don't think that it is visual in a way like it's a very different movie because it's directed by not Chazelle. It's Well, it's not La La Land, which is the same director. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very different visual style. But everybody that told me that I should have seen Gra- Gravity was like, Gravity needed to be seen in theaters I think when I watched Gravity it. Gravity is more important to see in theaters than this. Okay. I don't think that this necessarily has that feel, because like, there's things in Gravity, because like, that whole thing is in space for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, until... Yeah, exactly. Spoilers, the very end. This is between space and not... Like, I don't think you have to see this. I don't think it's as visually spectacular or breathtaking as Gravity, but there are a couple sequences in this that are tense. You know what I mean? Okay. So. I was saying to you that the only, like, I didn't want to spoil too much. I mean, I really liked it. Yeah, definitely don't spoil it for me. I haven't seen it No, yet. yeah. No, but I was, I was going to say that I really liked it, but it's not my favorite Gosling movie, but that's less, in, uh, you know, a condemnation of this movie and more so a credit to the fact that, like, Gosling has made He's in great five movies. or six of my favorite movies in the last, like, five years, so. Yeah. We'll get to it in a couple of years when we get to the next ranking or whatever, but when I was ranking this movie, I was like, oh, shit, like, this, like, I really like this movie, and it's way lower on my list than I thought just because I can't put it ahead of most of the other things on the list. It's just one of those things where, like, the things above it are just so good that even a movie that I really like is going to look like it suffers in comparison. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Canadian Goose on the Loose. But, oh, yeah, do, you have a, do, you have a, do you have a gossip column? Do you have anything for that or no? I don't have a gossip column. Well, we do have, but I... not for this podcast, but since we talked about Magic Mice over here already, do want to mention that since we recorded Magic Mike's, Channing Tatum has come out and said that he's now dating Jesse J, who looks an awful lot like Jenna Dewan. Yeah, very, very similar. Same first initial. And there was news everything. today that Jenna Dewan is, quote, not surprised he was dating Jesse J. I did not read the article because why would I read that article? So back to Gauz. I have a GQ article here. It's called Five Grooming Lessons You Can Learn from Ryan Gosling as Perfect Hair. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because, you, as you know, I recently cut my hair. Yeah. As a deal with Rachel. I'm just going to go Shout through Shout out five. Rachel. Unstyled is a style, which is 
a thousand percent true because I don't know. Wait, is this a new article or is this an article we've already talked about? I don't think we've already talked about this article, have we? When's it from? Let me check. Two days ago. Oh, then we have not talked about it. But I feel like no. we've, we've definitely talked about hair tips from Ryan Gosling before. We've talked about GQ does this like every sure. couple months. You're one part away from a new look. So if you part your hair on a different side, you're a new you. Mm-hmm. New year, same you. New year, new Try you. Try changing everything at once, which is applicable to this movie. Change everything. Yeah. Don't be afraid to surprise everyone. So, you know, like, go for the gold there. Okay. And then the last one is experiment with facial hair, and it's like he has, like, a handlebar mustache and, like, a goatee thing going on here. And glasses, yeah. So he just, like, it it doesn't matter. He says, you know, try a different beard shape or style and wear it with confidence, and you'll be fine. Interesting. I feel like wearing it with confidence... Is a lot easier when you look like Ryan Gosling. There's a difference in confidence between normal people, mere mortals, and Ryan Gosling. But, hey, I I get it, GQ. Cool. It's like, wear it with confidence. Like, if your dad just came in with a goatee, you'd be like, hmm. There's also a lot, because I still get the Google alert, for Ryan Gosling. There's a lot of, you know, look at him in his outfit, blah, blah, blah. First man stuff, yeah. There was one where it was like this crazy, weird, very bold color plaid outfit that they're like, Ryan Gosling is always so confident in his looks, but this one is too far or something like that. And it didn't look, granted, <laughs> it was a wacky outfit, but like he still looked great in it. But that's also because he's going to look great in everything. I, I just, it's hard for me to ever look at him or somebody like him and be like, oh yeah, he shouldn't wear that because, you know, he can wear the worst fitting thing better than I could wear, you know, the best fitting thing. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back uh, after these messages. Welcome back to Boyfriend Material. This episode was brought to you by Sweatpant Fleece. Oh, yeah. The, the fleece material that they make sweat clothes out of. What is the clothing... Is it boyfriend... What's the boyfriend jeans? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the material... What's the, what's the clothing that's boyfriend something? It's the Denim. shape, not the material. So you can have boyfriend whatever. But it feels relevant to our interest in a way. Oh, it does. Sure. Yeah. That voice you heard teased her before. <laughs> our guest, Aislinn Addington. Hello, hello, hello. Aislinn. Hello. Good evening. So we teased before you got here that you are the first, we think, person that I remember. to be on all three of our new shows. You've not been on Zack Attack yet, so you've not completed the Superfecta, if you will. But you have been on Too Fast, Too Forever. Mm-hmm. You have been on Magic Mike's. Indeed. Now here you are on Boyfriend Material. My goodness, I'm a pioneer. You are. Truly, truly. You're like Thank the first you so much. woman. Hmm? Get it? First man oh. Gosling joke? Nothing? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I didn't I get it. But... More than that. So yeah, I was me too. For the next word. Good job, guy. <laughs> first woman, what, Joe? All right. So. Aislinn, I'm glad you're here. Have you seen this movie before? Oh, I had. Did you like it? No. Do not. I have a lot Whoa. of big problems with it. That's oh, what I was going to ask, okay. because this is a movie that I don't know if it's good. Ryan Gosling is, I think, incredible in this movie. But at the same time, I'm glad that you're here so that we could talk about the very, not necessarily complicated gender politics, but just the, how do you say, icky stuff, kind of? Sure. Well, yeah, there's disturbing parts. There's a lot of gender essentialist behavior that we can get into, but there are also... I don't know what that means. Full-on crimes. Yeah, that, please. There are crimes that are committed by multiple people in this film passed off as romance. Like underage pornography? The, the one that I'm thinking of that stunned me, because I think it was like the last thing that happened in the movie, Annalie Tipton, the babysitter, 17 years old, gives her 13-year-old babysitter 
Her nudes? Yeah. That is child pornography. Yes. Period. She could be prosecuted And that was for meant that. to be like a, a cute moment. She's underage too, though. Does it count? It would, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. Okay, I'm not saying. Rules. I'm not saying she should be prosecuted for that. What I'm saying is the movie doesn't address that that is icky, number one, and number two, a crime. Her parents knew about this, so I don't know why they didn't confiscate. <laughs> yeah, what? Where are the these news? pictures still at, by the way? Maybe she took more pictures. We don't know. We don't know. Where did she Although, print them? I do have to give her credit for the. I don't know, but I have to give her credit for the 2011 the effort it took to take nude selfies. Oh, I know. I remember those days. <laughs> God, convincing a girl to send you nudes back in 2011 was like work. So glad like, Polaroids like, came back. You have to get the camera, you have to plug it in, she has to upload it to AIM, it takes four hours to receive it. It's just, it was so much work. I was but, recently but talking you knew about was true love. the pornography and internet connection and how back in the day you had to go to a store to rent a dirty movie. I was, I was post those days. Yeah, I bet. I'm just like a hair, I was just like a hair too far away from that. I, in college, wrote a paper about pornography, and that had involved going to a Castle Mega store and getting a membership for the video section and Ooh. then renting various pornographic films. Interesting. It's quite an adventure. In Connecticut, we love porno stores still. Mm. Like, it boggles like my mind that people them. still pay for porn. And not sure. just in places where internet's not good, but people still pay for it in like in, in urban developed places. Well, there's something yeah. about having something in your hand, if you will. The tactile feel of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something in your hand. I like mm-hmm. that. That was really well played. So yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. Um, it kind of also has like a little bit of a hokey ending. This is written by the guy. Dan Fogelman. He created This Is Us. Mm-hmm. So that's that. He also wrote oh. Cars and Bolt and Tangled. Um, among a couple other movies, cars? like The Guilt Trip and The Las Vegas. Yes, Cars, the the Pixar movie Cars. Okay, interesting. And Tangled, right? I mean, there's he wrote some, Tangled. Yes, there is st- moments of strong, you know, female choice making, if you agency. That's what I wanted in that movie. And less, again, I'm going to say less crimes. There's a lot of <laughs> generally less crimes in, in Disney movie. movies than not Disney movies. Sure. It, yeah, I would assume so. But I do want to, like, with all of this said, I do want to. Even if, I guess the, the question for, before I go further is, are the crimes perpetrated by Gosling? And if so, does his irrepressible charm make up for any of it? Um, well, I mean, I'm sure he has committed crimes because I am confident he's misrepresented himself to get Everyone. someone into bed. However, it for me, it's more the, the gender politics, in quotes, for, with him that bothers me. But the crimes are perpetrated by the 13-year-old boy who continues to text and do grand gestures and all this stuff after someone has said, please stop, you're making me uncomfortable. Like, that's all you have to say. That's icky. That's icky, but he learned it from his dad. Who encourages it. One, encourages it, but two, trespasses and mows the lawn of his ex-wife in the middle of the night. That's also stalking. That's yeah. creepy. That's very creepy. It's it's weird. There's a lot of weird dynamics going on here. When I think when this movie is working, and I, I did have a lot of fun with it, I think by the end, when it all comes to a head, I'm like, oh, this is, it feels like a movie now. But I think when Gosling is Gosling, and Gosling is going full steam, and like doing his pickup artist thing, and like his sort of sleaziest of the sleazy, like basically doing everything that Steve Carell is right quote-unquote right to say not that he has control over who his daughter dates but you know that he feels his outrage is justified because he's seen him 
in his element. But like when Gosling is doing that, like this movie is fun in a way that like very few Gosling movies have been before. Like it feels like this is the kind of movie and the kind of part that was written for him to be this beautiful marble sculpture of a man Mm -hmm. that women find irresistible. And I feel like the movie plays to that strength very, very, very well. And when it's working, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like this is... This is one of the first movies that, separating all of the creepy things that he's doing, this is, like, one of the first movies where, like, Gosling is fawn over. Yes. For the most part, when we see him, a lot of the women are, like, okay with what he's doing. Yeah, wasn't there, haven't there been movies that we've talked about where, like, women don't find him attractive? Or, it, it feels like if he was in a, a room, even, like, if he's not, you know, Ryan Gosling, the superstar, a man who looks like him in a room would be stared at by everyone, I feel like. A lot of the movies that we've watched so far are go that far, if not to say like women say he's unattractive, and not like Emma Stone in this, where he where she's like intentionally trying to get under his skin. It does feel though, Joe, like this is the first one where he's like properly represented as the most beautiful man on the planet. Yeah, that's that's all. That's what I was saying. Like, I definitely think that this one they show him like in his element of like I think in real life that if you know he was in a bar somewhere that girls would fawn over him, like irregardless if he was Ryan Gosling or not. Like, I think that he would just be super attractive and it also feels like it's sort of a reversal like where he's staring at steve carell when steve carell is complaining about his wife or his ex-wife or his soon-to-be ex-wife or whatever the proper noun is sleeping with kevin bacon gosling is the one staring at steve carell it almost seems like it should be the other way like steve carell does sort of watch him pick up women in a way but i feel like it's sort of like a weird reversal like it's gosling that pursues him to be this yeah Yes, like this, like, you know, this Mr. Miyagi, as he calls himself. Pursue is the right word, because that is what he's doing in the bar throughout it. But this constant persuasion, this persistent persuasion, as we like to call it, where Mm -hmm. someone says, no, I don't want to drink. And, oh, yes, you do. Or, like, all that kind of stuff that's, I think he, too, if someone asked him to walk away, he wouldn't. And, and that I take huge issue with because it's not addressed in the movie. So someone sees that and then says, oh, that's how you pick up a woman in a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's gross to me. There's no downside to it either. Like, the, the downside here is that Marissa Tomei calls Steve Carell out on all of his shit, that she's been sober, she doesn't want the drink, you know, she doesn't <laughs> buy any of the lines. I love Marissa But then Tomei. when he's honest to her, that's when he bags her, if you will, that this seems like a verb that this movie would use, and then emboldened by the confidence of sleeping with this beautiful woman, he then becomes like an elder Ryan Gosling, and then all of Ryan Gosling's tricks suddenly work for him. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like, like what's that book, or there's a couple books, I think, right? Like, there's like the How to how to Pick Up Women at Bars, or whatever, like the, do you, either of you know the name? No, I've never read any of these books. Like, The Art of Seduction, or whatever? Yeah, the Art of Seduction like, is a real the, one, yeah, yeah. The Pickup Artist. The pickup artist, where it's just like, this is how you get women. Like right. this, this is the way to ne- have them never say no. And it feels like this movie is like that. But on the one hand, it's like these are the things to do if you're a, a dude that like is TV handsome like Steve Carell, but not Ryan Gosling. But at the same time, it's also like if you look like Ryan Gosling, you can they they want you to do it. As our the president game. Once said, the game is the name of the book. The game, yes, it's, the game. Um, Neil Strauss, and then there was the whole movement of. You know, pick a pick up artist and seduction. The TV show. Yes, the, the yeah, I that. have I have with mystery. I have seen that program. Yeah, God, that but, guy was so laughable. I was like, this guy's never gotten laid ever. But it's all just so 
gross and gross. Uh, Cringy. Before, yeah. yeah, before we go too far away from Mar- Marissa Tomei, I love Marissa Tomei. I hate what they do to her in this movie. What do they do? Because in the confrontation... They make her just crazy? Yes! Okay. Because she's she's the one that, like you say, like calls out all the bullshit, but in such a way that makes it, like, yes, that she is the hysterical woman when she did nothing wrong. No. No, she didn't. She definitely but didn't. But she's played for laughs as the crazy woman. That crazy lady I had sex with. She's an alcoholic. Oh, my God. She's, I mean, she's, she's sober now. <laughs> and that's I, know, I like that excuse, though. That's that was, irrelevant. like, the greatest excuse. What I think is difficult about this movie is that if you if you really, truly turn your brain off, this movie is a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun watching Literally it. everything that Marissa Tomei does is gifable. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sure. it's worthy of like every reaction she does is like comical, and I feel like if you're not thinking about it, it's very very fun. Like and she's she's portraying this character in a very funny over the top way. But if you think about how it's the actual portrayal, it's like oh no, she was scorned. You know, they had a great night together, even though that was it, it is to Steve Carell kind of what the first night of Emma Stone sleeping with Ryan Gosling or not sleeping with him, you know, mm-hmm. spending the night with him is sort of like a, a rebound thing, if you will. But then he scorns her and doesn't call her. She loses her mind. I liked it literally. because Marissa Tomei usually plays like the strong, strong female role in a lot of movies. For, so it looked like she was having fun playing crazy and the tone of the movie was kind of goofy it didn't feel like super out of place but yeah if you just like piece her character off and you just like read like her character profile you'd be like oh this was really bad well i mean they're disrespectful to her from the beginning who when you At the entire part? movie are you saying they as in gosling and Corella, That's what I'm asking, the movie yeah. Yeah, both the whole them and the whole movie yeah i i just i i love her i think she performed it well but I, I did not have a ton of fun watching this movie. Here's when I had fun. I do love Steve Carell. Okay. And I do love Julianne Moore. Yes, same. You know, I'll watch, I'll watch them do most anything. I did laugh out loud when Steve Carell jumped out of the car. He pulled a ladybird. I was, I put that in my notes. <laughs> well, yeah, or ladybird lady pulled a Carell. No, 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 no. I know that this happened first, but he definitely pulled a ladybird. I believe him. You know, in kind of every every stage of it, I do. You know, love a good makeover. So. That's not necessarily my Would you like issue. it more if it was more goofy? No. I mean, I would love... I feel like so later... Like if it went further, like if it went deeper and it was just like all like 40-year-old virgin style, just like way oh, over the I top, see. would you like it I more? I think the problem here, it could possibly fix the movie in a way, is I think the movie, it's, it's long for what's yes. essentially like a rom-com. It's two hours. Yes. But I think there are too many characters that it wants to give a full story to mm-hmm. and so it doesn't service a lot of them outside of really essentially Steve Carell and maybe kind of Emma Stone we don't really have another fully fleshed out character if even they are fully fleshed out like we kind of get Gosling's story we kind of get Julianne Moore's story yes Julianne Moore's kind of an afterthought there's so many people because there's the four main people there's Kevin Bacon there's the son there's Joey King as the daughter from Netflix summer sensation The Kissing Booth uh, there is the babysitter Marissa Tomei like there's like nine or ten characters that this movie spends a lot of time with it, there's just not enough time and I feel like in the same way that it tries to cover all the scramble of these different people, it tries to toe this line, I think kind of like This Is Us, like this might just be this guy's shtick, I don't know, where it toes the line between like comedy and drama. And it tries to give you both the things that are going to like punch you in the gut, but also make you laugh. And I feel like 
because it's trying to be all things to all people, it can be fun or it can be sad or it can have a good story or it could have no story or whatever, but it never really fully goes to any corner to become like a truly great movie, if that makes sense. My problems are not with tone, they're with content. So, you know, as you described it, that was how it was marketed, right? That you'll laugh, but you'll cry. Gosling is charming and Corella's bumbling, but will he get his family back? Like, I knew all that from the trailer. To me, it's, it's, yeah, the way that they treat each other in this film. Who, specifically? All of them. They're objects. Everybody's an object to everybody else, right? Basically? Yeah, yeah. You know, Ryan Gosling, we, as part of his Miyagi-ing, gives various philosophies, etc., right? His, like, science experiment of Steve Carell, basically. Well, yes, but also he's, you know, sharing his wisdom. And he starts with, we're going to find your manhood. Yeah. Already there's this distinction about there is a buy-in to what masculinity should look like and what it shouldn't. So that is already really limiting to men. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the movie is saying that it should look like Ryan Gosling. Right. And and act like Ryan Gosling. And then he explains that the battle of sexes is over and men won, but... Women still deserve our respect. I wrote that down. Okay, yes. thanks for that. Well, they, they won as soon as I women started doing that. pole dancing for exercise. Yes. But is even what, that, is you what know. He said. His view of people in the world is not one that is, is not, you know, progressive or healthy or good to people. So, you know, if that's the philosophy, you know, it kind of anywhere of the movie, then I'm not on board. Yeah, anytime the Steve Carell and his son were having conversations, the advice he was giving was terrible. The way that all played out with the 13-year-old boy was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so weird. It was At so every weird. turn. There's so much weirdness in this, like, mainstream movie. There's, like, masturbation in this movie. The problem my brain is having is that I like Ryan Gosling so much, and he's so charming in this, that I'm having... Like, I know that this is all bad, that there's very little good here, but I still enjoyed it, which is maybe more damaging, but I still had fun watching this because I was sort of in one way able to exclude. I think it's partly like we just said that like we hadn't seen Ryan Gosling in a role where he was like yeah. charming yet for him to be so charming and to see women fawning over him, which is like what the mental image in my head is. Of Ryan Gosling. Oh, you know what I was thinking before? I was thinking, we ran into this problem a lot with Zack Attack, mm-hmm. where people were like saying that Zac Efron was unattractive. Remember, that's where yes. we saw it the most. We did. I feel like this is, in a way, kind of like a reversal of Zack Attack. Like, as Zac Efron's career has gone on, he's become, like, he's always the hot one. Like, in Neighbors, like, he's Teddy or whatever. Yeah. But here, it almost is like Gosling, we don't know, because we haven't gotten further back, but it feels like Gosling might have started as the hot one, and now that he's sort of passed it. Like, it's kind of yeah. that next step that we hope that Zeph takes, where it's more about the roles, like, where it's about Taking him seriously. in Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, or exactly. I'm sorry, is this part of the road to Ryan Gosling getting taken seriously? No, 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 no. I think it's... I think it's... We saw the flip. We're going from new to old, so we don't know what's older. I've seen older oh, movies, I don't know. Oh, I see. It still might be in the career where, like, he is cast in parts because he looks like himself, but then, you know, from here, he's able to take parts where he's not cast for his looks. Like, he's able to take a movie like The Place Beyond the Pines, where he is fully tatted up and smoking cigarettes with, like, Justin Bieber. But he's not, like, he's not, like, supposed to be, like, this this Lothario. You know what I mean? Like, in that movie. He's just, like... He doesn't, like, take his shirt off and then have Emma Stone... Rub his abs. Yeah. (laughs) And say, 
it looks like you're photoshopped. Like that doesn't happen in the new movies. He's sort of evolved beyond it. Like we're and it happened with, the reverse with 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 Zeph. With Zeph, when like you know Seth Rogen's like, what you're like something gay men created in a lab or something. Yeah, like it's exactly. like the, it goes the opposite way. So like Zeph kind of had. I mean, he was always obviously a good looking dude, which is why we did Zack Attack in a way. But he sort of went from being just like a kid who also happened to be super handsome to being Teddy or being the Baywatch guy where it's just like this Greek god who is dumb as a rock. Yeah. We said, Island throughout most of Zack Attack, especially recently, or in the beginning and then again toward the end, that we hope movies like, you know, the Ted Bundy movie he's doing or the Beach Bum or whatever sort of move him beyond those, like, frat boy roles mm-hmm. because we still love Neighbors and Baywatch can be fun, but... There's nothing interesting about just playing a character who is just a body. beautiful, and like that's yeah. his. That's why he's in the movie. And I feel like this is the first time going backwards in Boyfriend Material that we ran into that kind of character for Gosling, which is, I think, why so many of the more recent movies I love, because obviously he's a handsome dude, but I also think he's a good actor, and he's playing interesting roles in interesting movies. I see. I guess I get I get confused when you say you're doing one old to new and one new to old and then trying to discuss arcs when one is going one direction, one's going the other. So that's what's hard for me. Um, we have very fine. complicated I'm not, scientific yeah, methods that's over fine. here. I'm not, I'm not questioning your methods. Um, so you haven't done Blue Valentine yet? Correct. I've seen it. And I love it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Well, I... Well, uh, Joe, get... Get ready to cry whenever we get to it. And I hope so. That'll be fun. Speaking of disturbing, it's yeah. Okay, another yeah. another time. Not this podcast, but I have I have some thoughts. My also my disclaimer for every movie is that unless I've seen it more than once or recently, I don't remember a lot. I remember loving it, and I remember being very torn up by it, but I don't remember specific issues with it or whatever. Yeah, there were big controversies. I believe it. I have the opposite problem. I remember everything. Ooh, you're like uh, Mary Lou Henner. Not quite, but I, w- I, I can only dream. I do love Josh Groban. Who's that? Emma Stone's lawyer boyfriend. He's also a singer. He's like a singer more than anything else. I really, really wanted him to be Kyle Mooney a mm, lot. Yeah. I wanted to be- he's got that look. He I wanted him to be like a, he's a handsome Kyle Mooney. Yes, I wanted him to be Brigsby so bad because I, I imagine that the character that's playing this boyfriend could look a little bit more like Kyle Mooney than he does like whoever you said he was. He's Josh Groban. He's a very famous singer. Yes. He's a very famous like, singer. Very yeah. famous singer. The thing with him is that he's supposed to be handsome, but nothing like Gosling, and he's supposed exactly. to be stable. Like, he's he's yeah. essentially Steve Carell. Like, if like yes. Emma Stone was dating her dad. Yeah. We don't know that it was Steve Carell, you know? Yeah. And I'm so glad, I know I'm sort of steering, I want to I return to Josh Groban, I want to get back to Island's point, but I'm so glad that by the end of the movie, that she was their daughter. Because I was like, there's no reason for you to cast two redheads and then also talk about Conan O'Brien for, like, at length. Oh, you you didn't? Oh, y'all are so cute. No, I had no idea that was coming. I was floored by it. Yeah. Uh Completely lost. Because I was like, there's no way that there's Julianne Moore and Emma Stone, like, they're not related. Because there's not that many famous redheaded people in (laughs) Hollywood, even though we found out that Emma Stone, not a redhead, actually a blonde, (laughs) dyes her hair red. I still call this bullshit, but okay, fair. But I know. I I agree with you, but it is what it is. Apparently it's true. Apparently we're wrong. But I was glad that that happened because I was like, okay, this makes sense now. But okay, back to Josh Groban, Island. We like Josh Groban. I was just going to say, I have two sort of... T- logic points that were confusing to me. I mean, there okay. are many if we go really hard. But so you first meet the boyfriend as he's raising a toast to to her. It's already been established that 
Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell are going to meet at 3 p.m. Were they? Yeah. What Thursday at 3 p.m. So what are they doing in the mall? Like having lunch at the mall at 3 p.m. as lawyers. That was weird to me. I, I think I get the sense that like she took, I don't know how the bar works, but I'm assuming <laughs> if it's like the SAT, it's like you take it at 8 a.m. and you're done by 2 and then you go to the mall. And I feel like the reason they, I mean, I can't explain really the 3 o'clock thing. Like that's my best guess. The way that I can explain the mall thing, they sort of reference this, is that when her friend, I think Liz, mm-hmm. uh, is talking about, you know, Emma Stone's like, I hope that he proposes, and she's like, really, at this place in the mall? Like, I feel like that's supposed to be a character trait of Josh Groban, that, like, he's well-meaning, but he's also the kind of guy who's like, let's go to the mall let's food court, like, that's the most exciting yeah. place, like, that's my favorite restaurant. Like, I think that's supposed to be a character trait. Why it's three o'clock on a Thursday or whatever, I don't know. Because they're trying to make it all match up so that when you go back in your mind, when they have the reveal... You're like, oh my god, but they were in the same place and they didn't see each other. Yeah. It's supposed to be charming. But we see it, right? Like, we see him walk by them. Yes. The whole thing is supposed to be charming and for me is not. I also then, in all the bar montages, I just think about how much money is being spent. And then, of course, in one particular part, Steve Carell gets the bill. For $957. Yeah. Yeah. It just made me feel old because I'm just like, I do not want to be in this bar which seems the entire purpose of the ball is bar is making women uncomfortable. Like this particular bar is where men come to make women feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And spend <laughs> a lot of money. But women keep showing up. <laughs> they get a lot of them alone. Yes. They just so. show up there, just by themselves and sit at tables and wait, apparently. Yeah. I've never been to a bar like that before in my life. I was also, I also laughed, speaking of the friend Liz, when she sort of is teasing Emma Stone and saying that her life is PG 13. Okay. And, like, my life is proudly (laughs) PG-13. That is my wheelhouse. Like, I like steamy PG-13 romance, and I want my violence to not exceed PG-13. Sure. That's... that's... You don't want your spooky horror movies to exceed PG-13 either. Exactly. Thank you. Like, that is, like, where I live in that little YA bubble. And so I thought it was funny as an insult, because I'm like, hey, I've done a lot to cultivate this. (laughs) I've come a long way to get here. Yes. Because, I mean, because Emma Stone brings it back up later. You know, she's like, I have, I've seen the PG-13 version of this night where, where I fall asleep and you put a blanket on me. Like, I don't want that. I want the R-rated version or whatever. Mm-hmm. The MPAA is a weird organization. Yeah, let's very not even get into that. about yeah. why things are rated the way that they're rated. Yeah, true. But the one thing that I know for sure is that you can't say, except now apparently you can with special circumstances or whatever, you can't say fuck more than once mm-hmm. in the PG-13 movie. Okay. You also can't say it in a way that means to have sex with. Like, you can't say, I'm going to fuck you, because apparently that makes it an R-rated movie, for whatever reason. But what I liked about this movie, and I don't think it's, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but the one fuck that we get is from Emma Stone when she sees Ryan Gosling take his shirt off. Like, it felt like that was her... Oh, is this a PG-13 movie? I'd never This is a PG-13 movie, yes. That this was sort of like her kind of try to burst into that R-rated movie in a way, you know, with that one mm, word kind interesting. of. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but that's sort of what I thought of. Did you see that the babysitter's mom is Steve Carell's wife, Nancy? In real life? Yep. They oh. met at The Daily Show. Huh. Oh, that's right. really cool. And she was on know. The Office, too, as a, one of his girlfriends. But There are so many Office references and like facts on IMDb trivia about this, because like, people are just like, oh, Steve Carell and blah, blah, blah. But there was one, the only one that I caught, because, again, I have not watched much of The Office. I don't like The Office particularly. Apologies to at least Joe, if I not like Joe, it. and Island. I don't know. Yeah. I'm fine. I don't need you to like it. Julianne Moore's name tag says assistant to the vice president or whatever. Oh, that's oh. funny. So that's very that's clearly that's a... funny. I love Julianne Moore. I think she acted the hell out of this 
dumbass movie. I don't know what she acted like. She, I think she like, brought. I felt her, her internal to... conflict. Okay, I, I yeah. absolutely felt it, and I felt her anguish about not being satisfied with her life. She did seem, yeah, she did seem kind of sad about it and stuff. That's right. Trying to figure out what the solution was. No, I felt like I would watch her movie. Yeah, she would have a very interesting movie. I think she grounded it in that reality piece, so that you have okay, you have the Miyagi makeover, womanizing bullshit happening on the side. But to ground it back to make that sort of this is us family, multi-generational, whatever, you need What is this is us? Can we talk about this? You know what it is. You've heard of it, right? I literally just know the name. That's the only thing it's I know about very, it. It's a very, very popular I Am mel- I right in saying that it's like melodrama. it's the biggest show on television right now? Yeah, it is. No, it I'm was, like, I see a yeah. lot of people talk about it, but like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, can somebody give me like a tilde or like three sentences on what this is us is? I'm glad to. It's like somebody's like cousin died and their oh my mom's God. angry. Do you want me like, to tell you some... or do you want to keep guessing? No, just like, <laughs> just go for like, it. I can't, I'm not going to talk while you're talking anymore. Good. Okay, so it is um, the story of a family, um, okay. but it's told from different points in time. So even within one episode, you'll get pieces that happen. It'll time hop a bunch. And so okay. in the pilot, it timed hopped in such a way that you didn't realize... It, it was doing it, so there was a big twist and reveal. The pilot is incredible. Like the, I, I, the show is not for me, but the pilot is incredible. I'm never gonna watch it. Okay, so there's a a couple that's pregnant, and they're having okay. triplets, and they go to the hospital. One of the okay. triplets dies. Okay. And so they adopt. They're white, and they adopt um, a baby of color, a little boy. Okay. Sterling K. Brown, who played Darden on the OJ series. Okay. Right, and he's speaking of bodies and objectification, and like he's. So they pick up a third well again. Known. They pick up a third, and you so you see that story happening, but you also see these stories of these three adults who then, in the end, it is revealed those are the babies. Okay. So, in 2018 or whatever, they're all 36. Now, I 25, believe it's the magic 30. number. Yeah, like thir- their okay. 36th birthday. And one is um, a, a, an obese woman, trying a singer, maybe? I don't know. No, an assistant, but, but wants to sing. One is a guy on a really terrible sitcom. But who looks like Ryan Gosling, basically. Yeah, but he's super handsome. And then, um, uh, is, is is Sterling a lawyer? He's some... Probably. You know, a he's a very respected job, whatever yeah. it is. And, and has found his birth father. And so that's kind of in the pilot what they're all dealing with. And you think we're also following this couple, but then you realize the couple is the parents of these adults. So, like, Mandy Moore has amazing old age makeup. I mean, they both do, but hers in particular. And then if you've seen Scrubs, then that's funny because they had an old age makeup in Scrubs. But anyway. Oh, also, Joe, you would care. Let let me relate directly to Joe for one second, Iceland. Uh, They're Steelers fans also. So that's that. In the family? Yes. And it's very important to them. Very important. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, they have like, like a terrible towel. Like back and back, and when Mandy Moore is giving birth, like there's a big game on the TV. I don't remember what it is, but you know it's the 70s. It's probably the Steel Curtain. Like it's a very like at least in wow. the early or like I only watched like two or three episodes, but like okay. early on it is very important. Like and the daughter, you know, she needs to find a guy who appreciates that she can watch the Steelers in silence. Like, it's like <laughs> it's it's a very important thing. Every that woman from Western Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania essentially. Yeah, it's, that's it's really funny. Pivotal. Anyway, that's this is us. It became wildly popular. And it it was like, hold on to your Kleenexes, we're coming back next week, and it's really emotionally manipulative, kind of like Parenthood, if you ever watched that, which I I liked, but, you know, I just emote enough during the day, I don't need to do that at night. (laughs) Yeah, I can't can't watch family drama shows at all, 
So that's why I, I wanted to know what it was. Like I like I they were like this family drama, and I was just like, nope, never gonna see that. It's like just don't care. This guy also created shows. I don't know what pitch is. We created pitch. He created a show called The Neighbors. I don't know what that is. He created a show called I Like Family. Zeph, I hope it's Zeph and Seth Rogen had like a twenty part show that we just missed oh somewhere. I hope so. It's like four seasons of them doing Neighbors the movie. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> he also created. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but this is one of a uh, friend of the show, Melissa Lynam's one of her I think favorite series. I don't know, but Gallivan which is a two-season musical, I believe, Ugh. that I think I would love that I have not seen My yet, but nightmare. he did a bunch of different stuff. <laughs> okay. Two-season musical, Jesus Christ. Like, I think so. I mean, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a four-season musical, but... And the director is the two people who directed this also directed I Love You, Philip Morris, which is a Jim Carrey movie, which is incredible. In a Ewan McGregor movie. Focus, which is that Margot Robbie Will Smith movie that was not incredible. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is okay, and then he's going there. They're going to do the upcoming Joker Harley Quinn movie, and apparently Ooh. a Wiley e. Coyote movie. So Ooh, they're all over the place. Is it going to be live like the action writer... Wiley e. Coyote? No, it's animated. Unfortunately, Damn. it feels like the writer, the creator, Dan Fogelman, is like much more in his wheelhouse in terms of manipulative and then family drama. But the directors are kind of literally all over the place. Yeah, but, interesting. You know, that's that. How did um, we get here? What were we talking about, Aislinn? Oh, God. Um, we were talking about being at the mall at weird times. Um, I'm looking <laughs> through my notes to see what else. I've commented on the father-son relationship. I also want to comment on the conversation between the two high school girls. Which, oh, which yeah. one? I don't remember. Well, my lips are seals, which I loved. Yeah. But after that, it all sort of got weird. How do you get older guys to notice you type thing? The, yeah, the one. uptight nerd babysitter had to ask the slut... Who, like, how, yeah, how to seduce an older man. And she's like, you have to have said, boobs. That pictures. works every time. But, like, that whole conversation <laughs> was so inauthentic to me. I always imagine kids are just lying. Like, in all of these movie situations, it's like, I, I always want the reveal to be like, that girl to be like, I'm a virgin. I've never talked to an older man in my life. You know, like, that's how I just imagine these playing out in, in my right. head. Right, and I've time. seen that. Now I'm trying to think of what it was. But I've seen that exact thing. But, you know, there there are, and we've seen, yeah, like you already mentioned, um, for instance, Lady Bird, where conversations between high school students are more like conversations between high school students. This, to me, was very obviously a middle-aged man. Yeah. Yes. A yeah, fucked for up sure. fantasy about high school girls. And I was not here for it, but I had committed and chosen this movie, in fact. Yeah. So I was here. Okay, before the reveal of Emma Stone being their child and the reason they got married so young right steve Carell okay. said yeah we met in high school and then we had a thing in our senior year but we've been together ever since like the thing was a baby before that reveal when ryan gosling has started to see emma stone and is changing his tactics and trying to make a real relationship and then like the dynamics of their whole thing shift a little bit and they have like closer to a real conversation mm-hmm. i liked that you know, and if that had been it more from the beginning, maybe I would have been less offended by so much of the way Ryan Gosling operates in the world of the movie without consequence. You know what I mean? Like, Steve Carell hmm. doesn't say anything to him when he says the battle of the sexes thing. You know what I mean? Like, he sort of protests a little bit. Like, I have bit, a daughter your age or something? Right. He doesn't engage him in any way about it. And so, to me, that means okay, that statement holds because the movie doesn't disagree with it. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is the stance the movie is taking. Okay. So, you know, in terms of fixing it, I think I would have made their relationship more give and take and they were learning from each other from the beginning than 
at, Who, Emma at Stone the much and later. Gosling? No, no Gosling, Gosling and Carell, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. You know what I wish in this relationship? I wish we knew why Ryan Gosling took him on as the Karate Kid. I think that it's because he reminds him of his dad. I think they're, they try to hint to that, but then we the movie's two hours long to begin with, and they don't get there. When he's mm-hmm. like, my dad was a great guy, and something, 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 and like my mom was like a rebel. He was trying to say like his dad was the steady hand, and that's what his he, dad like, was Steve very Carole. sweet. Yeah, and I think that's what he was hinting at. My last, I think, because I've crossed out most of my notes, my last okay. complaint were three moments of unnecessary gay panic. Not that there's ever necessary gay panic. When was there gay panic? I don't I know. Okay. At least one of them. I got three. So Steve Carell is in the bar. The first time Carell sees Ryan Gosling, yep. oh, yeah, he was under gay. his breath is like, gay. Yeah. And that's out of place ever. But in 2011, it was still out of place. Unnecessary. And then the whole thing about don't use a straw. It looks like you're sucking a dick. And is that what you want people yes. to see? Yeah. Okay. And then the uh, standing there naked in I don't face. think you should use a straw because of the sea turtles, but that's just my take on I think that there's two things that super date this movie. One is that straws, because apparently straws are no longer a thing. They're not like a thing. straws. They're banned. You can't you, you can't get them anymore. Yeah. The problem is McDonald's straws are amazing. Steve Carell says, you know what word we don't hear anymore? Cucks. Cuckolding. I'm like, whoa. Oh my god. Say, I have that in my notes. You know, just a couple years later, like, it's back in full force. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till you find 4chan in three years. The incel revolution. But, uh, yeah, it's not... It's not great. What was the third thing again? Sorry, I missed it. Um, the the whole at the gym, Ryan Gosling standing there, flashing it, like, with Just his, waving his face wing. the whole time. And yeah. then saying, why, are you uncomfortable by this? And then he's like, no. To, like, you know, no, I'm not, whatever. He's like, well, you should be. I've been standing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's some weird little, like, gay trap there that I found unnecessary. There's so much that's just like, ugh, can we get beyond whatever conversation you're having? Because I've been beyond it long before 2011. Does it win you over at all that Ryan Gosling acts for some reason like an old Jewish man and calls it his fonts twice? No, <laughs> because the first time it was so clearly ADR'd that it made me think that he didn't know the word and so when he said it in the scene it didn't play so they had to ADR it. Okay. So yeah, so no, that took me out, out of it. It just seemed weird. He was charming. I'll give you. He is a charming human. And so this part was like was a Gosling part. I just yeah. don't need it in the world. I'll still find Ryan Gosling charming without it. I'll still know that Steve Carell is brilliant without it. You know what I mean? Like it just I don't think yeah. it brought anything good into the world. I think and I wrote down like this movie is bad for women and bad for people. I ugh. I'm sorry. I ruin everything. No, 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 no. I just I feel bad that I hear your take on it, and then I'm still like, but it was fun. But I think that's why I think that's why it makes it bad because it is fun. Like I think it is. Yeah, maybe I not get objectively, it. but like it's objectively fun. And I I still I agree with everything that Eisen says, but I still think it was fun. Like it's not a movie that I'm going to watch again and again and again. But I was like, I still, oh, I didn't I feel like this it. was time wasted, or I like I didn't. I could see all the problems with it. I didn't see it as bad. Is what I, is the is what I came to. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, absolutely. What I do wonder, Joe, I wonder if we would have liked it as much if it was not Gosling. Mm. If it was like Ryan Reynolds. No. Right? Like, I think we are sort of, in a way... I think you could replace any of the guys that we do like in that role and we would have liked it. Yeah, like if this was a Zeph movie, it would have been the same thing. If it was a Channing Tatum movie, it would have been the same. Yeah. But I feel like if you put in like a guy who could have done the part like a Chris Pratt or a Ryan Reynolds or a Chris... Any of the Chris's, really. I think really, Chris like... Pratt would have been, been interesting because he's like less 
classically attractive. But I, I think maybe in that way it wouldn't have worked because you need somebody yeah. who is like objectively a ten out of ten. Yeah, I could, there's definitely a lot of guys that I could replace Gosling with and been like, I hate this movie. Because I like, and then we were talking before, like I like Emma Stone a lot. I like Marissa Tomei a lot. I, I love enjoy Marissa Steve Carell from time to time. Yeah. But I think the reason I like this movie is just because we have been Stockholm syndromed into being you know, infatuated by Ryan Gosling. And I think that just him being in this movie is True. blinding us or is making it difficult for us to fully denounce the movie because he is like, this part feels written for him and he does it in, he's so good in that role. It does feel written for him in a different way than you see him play serious roles, which also feel written for him. You know, this is like the tabloid ideology of what should be written for him. Right. So this is what I this is what I got out of it, and I was like, oh yeah, I like that. I just want to be super clear that I do like things in the world. Um, <laughs> You're allowed to not like things. You can like and, things or not like them. <laughs> and and also like, but but I like inappropriate things, right? So I think Joey and I have talked about like Big Mouth is probably my favorite show on Netflix right now, and it's wildly inappropriate. However, they call out the kind of bullshit that is not called out in this movie, and so. I can laugh and groan and be like, oh, that was too far, but still on the whole, like the messaging behind the gags, literally, is something that I think is worth watching and is not bad for women. <laughs> yeah. Because this movie is. Yeah, I can see that. I can see the danger that you're saying that, like, a young kid or, like, well, a boy 13. that can be influenced yeah, could so watch this movie and be knows. like, oh, if I just harass this girl long enough, she'll give me her nudes in paper form. Or like, I can see that. A middle aged man thinks it's okay to walk into a bar and disregard the feelings of the person he's talking to. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like only kids are going to be influenced. Exactly. So like I hit this point where like I'm now like n- no longer anywhere even near this scene. So for me like I watch these movies like oh look at these dumb guys running around doing d- nonsense, but I can see that if you were like oh I'm going to learn tips from this movie that this could be really really bad. Yeah, or just that this is the acceptable way to think about women and courtship and what and relationships and all. You know what I mean? Like I even if you're not using it as a manual it's uh, furthering a status quo of... Yeah, because it's not the first time we've seen this or the last time we'll see this for a while, so... I would just... I like my comedy to have a little bit less sexual misconduct in it. <laughs> you don't want to feel bad about the comedy. Exactly. Yes. I don't want to feel guilty for laughing. What I like about this movie is that for too long, people have been shitting on Sabaro, but <laughs> Sabaro just all along should have paid Ryan Gosling to eat its pizza... You know, I put on Instagram and on our Facebook page, which is at Cage Club Pod and Facebook.com slash Cage Club, like, people give Sabaro a lot of shit, but they just are jealous that they don't look like Ryan Gosling. While eating it. Eating pizza in slow motion in probably a $2,000 suit mm-hmm. and, like, $500 sunglasses and just, like, with cool music in the background. Just the way that he's, like, Sparrows? Like, he just, like, offers to Steve Carell. I'm like, that's... <laughs> the coolest that pizza has ever looked it is it really is every time you say when you said the cost of the suit uh never mind you've never seen arrested development never mind i have all of it yeah nothing nothing newest season when job comes in he's like would a guy in a seven thousand dollars suit say this to a guy in a three thousand dollars suit come on (laughs) and like he like every time he says this suit it just gets more and more expensive like that whole that when you just said that that's the first thing i thought of and then i thought about replacing ryan gosling with job in this movie and i thought that would be hilarious like if he was just Mm -hmm. like a a quirky magician (laughs) like a weird like it was just fully job 
Like, like real Job, straight out of Arrested Development, was, like, the guy that teaches Steve Carell how to talk to girls, and they just fumble and, like, both fuck up through the whole movie. They're illusions, Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a couple things that I wrote down that while Gosling is training Steve Carell to be a better man, and basically being a better man means spending thousands and thousands of dollars. On your clothes, mm-hmm. yeah. Obviously. On your clothes. There's a couple things that I did genuinely like. The look of absolute repulsion on Gosling's face when he hears the Velcro wallet open for the first time. <laughs> oh God, yes, I know. I really like these two. Incredible. And then also when Steve Carell says, let's just go to the gap. And he stops him and says, Cal, be better than the gap. Mm-hmm. Be better than the gap. Say it. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm better than the gap. Just, you know, don't take down the gap. But I just thought it was so funny that like, no, we're not shopping where you want to shop. <laughs> We're going to these. I agree. Know, I kind of felt bad stores. for the Gap in that moment. I was like, "Can you imagine somebody sitting there like that, like works in like corporate for the Gap, right? They like take their girlfriend out to see this movie, and then you just see this part happen. You both just turn to each other like, shit. <laughs> like we have to clean this up on Monday. God damn it. <laughs> And the only other thing that I wrote down that I want to make sure we talk about is that Ryan Gosling's big move, which is incredible, when he gets the girl back to the apartment, you know, he puts on the perfect song, makes her a drink, has a beautiful house. We don't know what Gosling does, but he is loaded. No, he just said his dad left him all this money because his dad died. Yeah, he said, like, this is all because of my dad or something. But his big move is that he works dirty dancing into the conversation, says that he can do the move that Patrick Swayze does. And then they do the move. And seeing him lift, because we just watched Dirty Dancing for oh, I know. Uh, the film club that Joe and I run, seeing him lift her in the oh, air God. like she was baby was like perfect. And then she comes down. And like that's sort of like what seals the deal. But they don't even, they don't have sex that night, right? Like, they just, no, they just they sort of cuddle and they she takes a massage in the $5,000 or the $10,000 chair or whatever. And uh, then they just, you know, he kind they fall in love that night, really. When I was watching this, I texted my mother-in-law and was like, you have to see this movie because she loves Dirty Dancing so much. And her and Rachel had this thing that I've definitely told you about. Wait, did they go to Dirty Dancing on Ice? Was that what they're... No, no, they just like, they just like watch it. And every time they watch it, like... Her mom cries, and then she cries, and they like, they, like they love Dirty Dancing. And for the longest time, I was like, "Don't make me watch this movie. I'm not gonna like it. Like, I just know I'm not gonna like it." And I watched the movie, and I was like, "This sucks." I was like laughing through it and stuff like that, and Rachel got really upset. And we we're like, "Okay, we're not gonna watch this movie ever again." But like, I gave it an honest shot, and I just not for me. Yeah. So when they were like Dirty Dancing, I can do the move from Dirty Dancing. I was like, "Oh God, no." <laughs> Please don't bring this up again. Please, I was having such a good time. Yeah, I was doing so well. I was doing so well with Delta Dirty Dancing reference. Uh, Joe, do you have any other notes about the movie before I get into some quick trivia about this? Um, no, best least boyfriend material. We'll get to that. Oh, we'll do you think? Do you think the babysitter girl is cute? Yes. Considering that she, we know that she's seventeen in the movie, but she's actually well, not she's twenty five in, in real life. Exactly. Was... I'm just saying. Did you think she was cute? Because I thought that like this looks like a girl that I I thought that you would think was cute. Yes. I okay. do. Yes, I. I yes, we've talked about a little bit how I find. Like, I don't. Th- I, she. She's also like six one. I think in real life, like Alan Rachel Tipton said, is... she was on um, America's Next Top Model. Yeah, she was on America's Next Top Model. She was got to the I think top four. She didn't win, but she got up there. But then has had a film career since with 
Warm Bodies, which is a movie yeah. I thoroughly enjoy. Wait, hold on. So, Aislinn, I have to tell you a story. So, back yeah. when I took a class with your brother in college, mm-hmm. this was not the first class I took. It was the second one I took. Here's a, here's a little even more of a backstory. I'm going I'm to flatter Tobin that nothing's ever going to listen to this. Good. <laughs> and I might have even told him this. But I took the first course I ever had with Tobin was this movie, World's, or this class, World Cinema Movements, because it was a required, like, it, it crossed off two or three boxes. Nice. And obviously, Tobin was, like, the coolest. And I was like, I want to take more classes with this guy. I'm not a film major, but like I just want to hang out and talk about movies with him. And obviously, everybody who like was into movies loved Tobin, and that's why he's you know on the network because yeah. I talked to him enough that we sort of stayed in touch. And so I then took another class that he was supposed to teach called creating a storyboard or something, or like it was basically turning a script into a storyboard that mm-hmm. like for people in the film major they were going to do this thing basically like a four year long project where they're going to like take a class to write a screenplay and then turn into a storyboard and then go film it or whatever but i had no i'd never taken a course about writing a screenplay at that time so like i just had to like come up with a story and storyboard it but i was like i don't want to take this class like tobin was supposed to teach it he's not here but i still took the class anyway anyway then i took a class another class that tobin actually taught where we wrote screenplays one of the first weeks we had to pitch three ideas of movies that you would want to write and the one that I was most excited about was a Romeo and Juliet movie that was also a musical, but Romeo was a zombie. What? And the class was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, they didn't say that, but like, they're like, no way, like, that's dumb. Two years later, Warm Bodies comes out and it makes like tens of millions of dollars. And I'm like, I'm like, motherfuckers, like, look, I had this idea. That's amazing. But then well, Tobin, then... like, after the fact, like, doesn't remember it like that. He's like, oh, no, I would have, like, loved that idea. But, yeah. yes, Warm Bodies, I always, like, I love that movie, but I have a grudge against because, It was your idea you know, first. Yeah. It was my idea first. Yeah. Word. I anyway. get it. I get yeah. it. I've I'm, I'm been there before. No worries, brother. Oh, but also, the, the reason I bring that all up when we mentioned Annalie Tipton is she was in, not a movie we covered, but she was in Two Night Stand, which mm-hmm. sort of feels like a spiritual sequel to that awkward moment. I was just going to say death. that. I, I I saw it in my head when you said it. Because Two Night Stand is with Miles Teller. Oh, really? Yes. Which, you know, he's also from That Awkward Moment. But I yes, wish Aislinn... Is... I want to revisit That Awkward Moment with Aislinn. Oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> I have seen it. I have. It's, have? it's real bad. Oh, God. It's so bad. Let's it's assume so bad. women with heels are... Horse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. I like. I just remember we were just like, "Fuck this." That's well, all because what's really incredible, and not to go off on too much of a tangent, but Zeph is in it. We obviously love Zeph. Michael B. Jordan is in it. We love him. Annalie Tipton's great. Mackenzie Davis is incredible, and yet none of them are likable because none of them are characters. <laughs> yeah, they're just all just like these. God, it's so bad. Yes, it is terrible. Remember when Zeph is laying on the toilet because he has an erection that won't go away? Mm-hmm. Classic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember it. I remember it fondly. Long story short, I do find her attractive. Okay, cool. I'm glad we settled that. Well, that was the last note that I had about it. Aizen, do you have any other notes that you haven't crossed off yet before no, I do some trivia I'm and then we have a couple so games that we're going to play? Yeah, no, I'm ready. So the other trivia in terms of old and new movies is that there is a, a John Legend song that plays over the opening I credits, and obviously yeah. John Legend would go on to act with Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling in oh, La La Land. I didn't even make that connection. Good point. I love that John Legend song, too. Save room. There was, we talked about this, I think, uh, a month or two ago, or maybe when we talked, whenever we talked about The Big Short, or maybe last month talking about this month, but Steve Carell, Gosling, and Marissa Tomei were all in The Big Short together. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, this is the third time 
Gosling and Emma Stone, or the first time, depending on how you want to look at it, that Gosling and Emma Stone have teamed up. There was La La Land, and there's Gangster Squad, and there's this movie. Yes. And so, Iceland, have you seen La La Land and Gangster Squad, either or, both, neither? I have not seen Gangster Squad. Okay. So I have a question for Joe, and also a question for you that you can't fully play along with, but... And I also think I'm gonna, I know how you're going to rank the movies, you but know, maybe not. You know the answer. Rank your partnerships, Gosling and Emma Stone, from best to worst, the three movies. We'll let Aislinn go first because she's got the two. So I'm assuming I know which one you like more than the other, but if you want to make it official, do you like this movie or do you like La La Land better? Now, the first question you asked me was which relationship do I like yes, better? Yes, relationship. And the second thing you asked me was which movie I liked better. Yeah, we could do both. We'll do both. Let's do both. Because they are in relationships in all three movies. I guess I'm going to rank their relationship in this movie above their relationship in La La Land. Okay. Because I don't like them in that movie. Or that okay. movie. Good. Because <laughs> I don't like them in that movie either. I could not. I mean, I would not get through one date with La La Land Ryan Gosling. Seb? Chicken on a stick? Come on. White boy t- telling me how he's gonna save jazz <laughs> suck my dick i don't care <laughs> so i would put their relationship in this movie above their relationship in la la land i would go one two three this one's best gangster squad second and la la land last as well just the relationships right just the relationships but also that would be the the three movies too so what's what's difficult is that Two of the movies, they end up together. Mm-hmm. And La La Land, they don't. Yeah. But it is sort of the healthiest in all three, in a way. If you take out, like, his background, and, like, you don't judge him on that, like, he's really nice to her here. Yeah, in terms yeah. of there's so much that I find repulsive in this movie, their relationship is kind of the least of my worries. What I have a problem with their, their relationship is that Steve Carell doesn't think he can change when Steve Carell mm-hmm. changed. Right. Exactly. And at the end, he sort of comes around to it. But in, in the moment when John Carroll Lynch, a.k.a. the Zodiac Killer, is on the way to the house to tackle him or beat the shit out of him or whatever for ostensibly having a relationship with a 17-year-old daughter, which, guy, like, let's relax. Let's assume for a second before you fly into dad rage mode, that your best friend is not having an affair with your daughter. I, I don't think I could assume that that's not true. But I... Uh, it, that felt very movie to me. It doesn't feel very real. Yeah, it did. That he's like, I'm not going to listen to a single thing she says. Anytime someone runs and... I mean, I know he was attacking, but like bear hugs someone to the floor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that doesn't happen in real life. What I liked about their fight was that it looked like Ryan Gosling was not even trying. Like, that they were all, like, they were all full effort, and he was just, yeah. like, effortlessly yeah. That, yeah. keeping them apart. Or like, that, that there was a moment when they're all trying to, but they're sort of all trying to get at him strangely, and he's just holding them off of him and each other. Like, there was, I smiled a couple of times, but I didn't like it. I don't know. What other trivia do you have? I'm... I'm done talking about this piece of shit. Emma Stone is only three days older. The actress is only three days older than Annalie Tipton, but she's seven or eight years older than Annalie Tipton in this movie. Oh. This is the feature film debut of Josh Groban. Yeah. And apparently, Marissa Tomei is revealed to be Robbie's English teacher when we first meet Cal at the bar, because she's wearing the same watch and bracelet she saw when she writes on the blackboard earlier in the film. So if you're paying very close attention to this movie that basically does not want you to pay attention, it told you that that you know she's the teacher but this also kind of feels like the movie where like 
of course everyone is connected. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially if you know it's Dan Fogelman, too, because, like, that's his shtick. Yeah. I was just going to say, you mean the watch she was wearing when she described the Scarlet Letter as a romance? Yes. Question you know, mark? that classic, classic romance Scarlet Letter. So I don't think she's crazy, but I think she's a bad English teacher. And also Emma Stone in Easy A, which is, you know, modern-day retelling oh, know. of Scarlet was, Letter. So. Yeah. That's all that we have here. So, eyes on our first game here. It's a game that we only play on this podcast. Hey, guys, what's in your hands? What's in your hands, guys? <laughs> I got one. This is a game in which we just remember things that he held in the movie. Like Sparrow's Yeah, pizza? he usually holds interesting things in the movie. It's really, it's really weird. It started out as musical <laughs> instruments, because he plays a lot of musical instruments in movies. Does not in this. Does hold things like... Emma Stone as baby. He does. He holds a wine bottle in this movie. Mm-hmm. He holds Sbarro's pizza. He holds the floor while he does vertical push-ups. Oh. What else is he holding in this movie? I don't remember. He holds Steve Carell's credit card probably he at one does. point. He does hold Steve Carell's credit card. He holds a lot of drinks. Yeah, sure a lot does. of drinks. A lot of drinks. He looks so cool doing it, too. <laughs> I don't know if you Man, call slapping someone in the face holding, but... He's oh yeah, you know, hold people's face faces for hands. a fraction of a second, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works. The phone, when he hands it to Emma Stone says call your dad. The wine bottle got me. I was like, "Oh gosh, what's in your hands?" cuz he like walks in <laughs> holding a wine bottle. I think those are a pretty successful thing. Any Iceland can you think of anything else that he holds or even just touches of note? Um, I uh, was distracted a lot by his pinky ring. Oh, I oh yeah, he that. does have a weird ring. He, d- he I saw it. it. I didn't know it was a pinky ring. It, and then he takes it off to punch David Lindhagen. Good thing you didn't say Lindhagen because it was clearly <laughs> Lindhagen. That was a funny yeah, joke. Yeah, that was a big the part movie, of the movie for no reason. All right, next up is the trailer game. I'm going to put in here the trailer for Crazy Stupid Love. It's Crazy Stupid Love official trailer number one, 2011 HD, posted by Fandango Movie Clips to YouTube. Five million views. Five million views of this trailer. Damn. Rated PG-13 for coarse humor, sexual content, and language. So let it buffer a little bit when you are ready to play. And we'll count it down and we'll play it together. The most related, the up next video if you have autoplay on is top ten must-watch Ryan Gosling performances. The still from that movie or still from that video is him in this movie. So clearly in there. Are you both ready to play the trailer? Ready whenever you are. I am ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. It's a three-minute long trailer. This is a one of our longer trailers. Yeah. Hmm. 25 years of marriage and you have nothing to say. Oh, it's going to start off with him just like the Ladybird trailer. He's going to pull the Ladybird at the beginning of the trailer. Yeah, he's going to pull the Ladybird right in the beginning of the trailer, isn't he? Yeah. Which I feel like this car was going slower than Ladybird was, slower. but you know, yeah. this was kind of a funny scene, oh, yeah. I guess, where the boss gives him a round of applause for only getting a divorce and not having cancer. And then everybody really cheers him for having trouble. a divorce. Yeah, this really tickled um, Josh in my house. He thought that was hilarious. Oh, there's a weird foot fetishization in this movie. To the Is point there? Where I thought Tarantino directed it. That like they define people by their footwear. Yeah. And then it's like I, Steve Carell has his mojo because movie. he's wearing nice shoes. Did, the was that scene urinal scene in the, in the movie? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And that's why we do this, guys, or ladies and gentlemen. We we do it. Just humans. Second and a half long scenes. Velcro. Uh, yeah, and I do like how he puts it in his face. Did you sleep in there? Jeez. Probably. Poor Tiffany has no agency there either. Mm-mm. Yeah. Would you sleep with him? Yes. There we go. Dong in the face. Lots of slapping. 
I mean, Steve Carell is a handsome man. Can we all agree? Mm. Yeah. She's I real goofy. Her. I love Marissa Tomei so I much. Girl, and she is, uh, oh, had Emma Stone's face in his hands. True. Is this trailer gonna spoil that she's the daughter? No. I'm in love with her, and I don't know what to do about it. I feel like we're getting close there, right? No, I we're don't think it's pushing it. When I told you that I had to work late, I really went to see the new Twilight movie by myself. <laughs> oh god, I forgot you went to go see the Twilight movie by yourself. Yeah, that's right. Did oh, she do, was... like, the leg, the leg dangle in La La Land too? Yeah, a couple times, right? Uh, yeah, well, when they are dancing in the planetarium, they lift up into the air. It's like the same shot, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this was... Take off your shirt. Why? Wait. Way more of a shortness. Yep. See, that's what I remembered. Remember, I was saying that I've been saying for a couple episodes, Joe, that like I remember yeah. that he was that Over. she had the Photoshop line because that's what I remember from that. There was something. Oh, what I thought was weird was one of the first women that he speaks to. Maybe not weird. Maybe it was just unexpected. One of the first women he speaks to when he's teaching Cal how to speak to women, uh, he shakes her hand and then high fives her. I was like, huh. That's a classic Joe move. Is it? I high five women all the time. Well, there yeah. you go. I mean, you are essentially Ryan Gosling. At we've, that point. As we've proven. <laughs> as we, if we should, we've just proven with that. No, I, I don't know. I like high fives. I high five Rachel, like, all the time. We high five, like, she gets really weirded out by, but, like, we do in the car, like, in the morning. I'll be like, yeah, we're gonna go get gas later. High five. And then she's like, what are you talking about? I offer people high fives a lot because we practice positive consent. So I'm like, <laughs> would you like a hug or a high five? High five. Yeah. Always. I'd always take a high five over a hug, for sure. I wish people would do that. If one more person, like, approaches me, does not stop moving, and says, oh, I'm a hugger, they yeah, are gonna, don't they are going to get kicked in the crotch. Because, yeah, I, don't, I don't care five. what you are. I care <laughs> what I am. I'm not touchy. I just, just clam real hard. That's what I do. And they get freaked out by it. Just limp. Like, I just go I generally with, uh, just and just, like, grab tuck my shoulders in. Doing it. I'll grab their butt and I'll wink just, at I'll them. I'll just escalate the awkward. <laughs> just full-on mouth kiss. I'm a kisser. I'm a kisser. Exactly. I'm just gonna make oh out God, with I'm you now. I'm gonna do that next time. I'm a hugger. Well, yeah. I'm a kisser. <laughs> Thank you for that. See, I did get something out of this. It's all worth it in the end. It just took you know an hour and ten minutes of recording. <laughs> exactly. It was worth the two hours watching and the hour talking to get something out of it. So we we got there in the end. Okay, the next game we're going to play is the Google game. So I've done two different Googles. I've done Ryan Gosling, Crazy Stupid Love, and Crazy Stupid Love Ryan Gosling. There are a ton I of choices one. here. Eisen, remember, we are trying to guess the autocomplete. I got a bunch off the top Go of my it. head. Shoes, suit, sunglasses. Shoes, no. Dirty dancing. Suit, yes. Glasses and sunglasses, yes. Okay. I said um, dirty dancing, shirtless and or topless. Lift is number okay. four. Okay. So I think that, that counts. That, that counts, counts there. Sure. Shirtless or topless, no. There is... Not exactly, but you would get there eventually. Workout. So there is, again, okay. like the, oh, how do I look like him shirtless? Yeah, every time. Every yep. time. Drink. Everybody wants to know what he's drinking. Drink is one of them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, old fashions. And I'm sure that people were like, what is he drinking? Sauna? No. So someone that you're that we're not going to guess, like quotes and meme and style overall, but there are one, two. There's two left, I would say, that you haven't guessed yet that you can Hair. guess. A haircut, yes, number one, or one of them, yeah. And the other one is another thing Age. about his wardrobe. Mm, tie. No. Hmm. Necklace? 
Nope, but closer to necklace than tie. Watch. Watch. There we go. Mm, okay. Very successful game. Yeah, dude, we crushed that one. Good job, Island. High five. <laughs> okay, next up is the letterbox game, which, Island, you might remember from Magic Mike's. There's a couple different games we play here. So for comparison's sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 276,000 people. Bear in mind... Letterboxd loves Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and the two of them together. How many people have seen Crazy Stupid Love? 58,000. 80,000. Higher than both. Ooh, wow. I'm going to say 123. Uh, 105. 101. 100,652. 100, That's a ton, that is, dude. That is, I think, one of our highest counts so far. Yeah, it is. It really is. Average rating of 3.5. The most common rating is 4 out of 5. Very okay. good. How many out of those 101,000 people have this in their top four? 57. 32. Higher than both. Oh, God. 117. 75. Joe is very close. 120. 120 people have this in their top four. Wow, that's a ton. That's one of the highest we've ever had for that. So I'm going to look at Dana at a little lost on Letterboxd. Dana from Brighton. She is a Brit. Um, I don't know if she's used Letterboxd. We're not gonna we're not gonna play her. She's got very difficult movies to do. Okay. Uh, we're gonna do E Bird. Oh, okay. We can do this. Top four. Okay. Crazy Stupid Love is her number four. Okay. So Iceland, this game was very difficult, as you might remember. <laughs> the the way that we kind of play it is, I try to get Joe to guess by things that kind of only he would know, but at the same time. I don't know. So, okay, so here, so in her top four, aside from Crazy Stupid Love, there's two other romance or rom-com movies, and then there's one in the style of a movie that Joe would guess a lot. So there's a movie like Pulp Fiction. No, another kind of thing that you guess a lot. Okay, a movie in the style of something I would guess a lot, and two romantic movies. Correct. I really wish one of them would have been New Year's Eve. No, there's no Zeph movies, but they're cl- they're they're in the Zeph-ish ballpark. Not I don't want don't use that as a hint. The but lake house in the lake house. No, give us some more hints. Keep walking. They are all from the 2000s. Yeah, that means nothing to me. But go ahead, keep continuing. I don't know how to do it without giving it away. I've only seen one of these three movies. Basically, everyone has seen one of these movies. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. We're here. No, not that one. <laughs> We're not trying to guess that one. We already got <laughs> okay. that one. Yeah. One is so the one that everybody's seen is is a brand new movie came out this year. Black Panther. No, but very close. Avengers two. Avengers Infinity War. It's actually Avengers mm. three. But yes, her okay, number three yeah. movie, Infinity War. Okay. Top two, and that's the one I guess because you you always tend to guess Marvel. At some I do. Point. I, it's always like if you're like it's a big movie, I just think that it's like a superhero movie. So here's some movies that she rated recently. She gave. A Walk to Remember that Mandy Moore, we were talking about Mandy yeah. Moore before, yeah. gave that four stars, and gave Blue Valentine four stars. Oh. There's a very sad romance movie, and there is also a, I don't know how to describe this one, probably a kind of comedic romance movie here. Sweet a rom-com, November. Sweet November. No, but similar, maybe? I don't know. There's, so, Joe, here's a hint. Go ahead. Eyes on this hint also applies to you. Okay. We're doing a certain podcast here. What is another movie that is very similar to this movie? There we go. Number one, the Oh, notebook. you didn't say it was a gauze movie. Yeah. I I'm not going to say that because that would give it okay. away. That was my Sorry, guess, true. but I thought, uh, yeah. but I 
didn't thank us. Yeah, so notebook. And okay. then number two is the sort of the rom-com. It's part of a renaissance for a certain actor. A rom-com renaissance. Um, ten Things I Hate About You. No, but there's the number ten in the title. Ten. It's toward the end. Part of How a to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. How to Lose a Guy in Ten go. Days. Okay. The Notebook, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Avengers Infinity War, and Crazy Stupid Love. What well, a top four. That's a that's a interesting top four. Our next game, I don't know if you're ready for it, is Fire <laughs> Ass Titles. There are so many games. There We're are almost so at the games. end. We're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. Fire Ass Titles. This is if we want... Oh, so, Joe, oh. we have to throw on air, throw some shade at Tobin. They were talking about Kenny Ortega because he directed or did the choreography i think choreography for hocus pocus which they okay. just no, covered directed the contenders. hocus pocus but he did choreography for dirty dancing and newsies right he directed Newsies. they were talking on the contenders about kenny ortega eisen said well i think he's probably most known for directing the high school musical movies and then tobin was like oh yeah with what's his name and could <sighs> not name zach efron god uh, i think he got there in the end shame. but he did he got there shame 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 it's you know shame. it's the game of thrones gift just at him shame 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 so Island. the reason i bring that up is because high school musical is the most basic title that this that movie could be called <laughs> it is at its very core its very essence that's exactly what it is so if we were calling cra- if we were renaming crazy stupid love how would we rename it divorce relationships Sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Polaroids. Generations. What is it? Velcro. Ooh. Middle class white people. <laughs> pretty woman, but the woman's a man. Because <laughs> Gosling, pretty woman, Steve Carell in this. Slut money. Ooh, whoa, that's aggressive. She calls it slut money in the movie. Right? I know, I know she does, but like that, that would be a that'd be a tough sell for a movie studio, but. <laughs> You know, that's all I'm saying. You have a movie called Slut Money. It's like a romantic comedy. It's like really strange. Um, the Makeover. Oh, I like that. Queer Eye by Two Straight Guys. Or We Hate Queers by Two Straight Guys. <laughs> Why? Because of the gay panic in it. Okay. I mean, it's so, not a great title, but it triggered. David Lindhagen. High School Slumber Party. Check it out on the Cage Club Podcast Network. That could also be another game, Joe, where we just try to name, rename movies. The age gap. Midlife crisis. Where we rename movies based on other podcasts on the network's name, like The Contenders for Affection. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Statutory. Rachel and I have been watching a lot of Lifetime movies because we got the Lifetime Movie Network on Sling right now for free. We watch them, and I don't, like, look at what the name of the movie is. I just, like, watch the intro to it, and I start, like, guessing names. And so I was, like, yesterday, I was just, like, terrible life, or, you know what I mean? Like, something like that. And it was, like, my killer brother-in-law was, like, the name of it. And I was, like, oh, fuck. That's the most direct movie title ever. Just pretty my incredible. killer brighter brother-in-law. Just like that was it. Uh, do we have any others? Like maybe one more round or any other really good ones that we could call crazy stupid? Because I feel like crazy stupid love in a way is already fire ass title, but also it's somehow both perfect and like as far from perfect as it can be. You know, like it's this, it's this weird in between that works and also doesn't work. I want to think of something like the settling down, but I want something better than that. That's what I'm trying to get to. How about, like, like, grow the fuck up? There you go. Grow the fuck up. Grow yeah. the fuck to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned. Oh! That's that works good. on a few levels. I like That's that one. That's good. Cool. I like it. Good? Because like it's about it. the drink. It's also about exactly. how, like, 
you know, men should behave toward women. Exactly. Like, just, just do it like Dean Martin did. Exactly. That's there we go. Cool. They're not people. They pole dance for exercise. We won. <laughs> yeah. So okay. the last thing that we're doing before we nominate this movie for awards is to talk about the most and least boyfriend material moments mm. of this movie and also guess for the next movie. So let me first reflect back on what we guessed last time, which I think I got, I kind of got some right because I kind of knew what this was about. So I said, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell are mismatched roommates, college buds from way back. Carell's a little older, but they've always been buddies. This movie is about Gosling. He tells Carell, we need to get you laid. I'm a beautiful Norris god of a man. You're Steve Carell is a good looking guy, but plays schlubby characters. Point, I think. Yeah, true. The most and least moments are with Emma Stone, who I think he has a relationship with, but rather with Steve Carell. Oh, I was like, because I know that they're in a relationship, but I think the most and least boyfriend material moments, if we want to go this way, are about his relationship with Steve Carell. The most they go to a bar and it goes disastrously, disastrously the first time. Point. Then they go out again and he plays the ultimate wingman. Point. Girls are fawning all over him and he says, you know who I'd really like? My buddy Steve Carell over here, which he kind of does. He kind of does. He Dan does it. Yeah. Whether or not it's a long-term relationship, he gets a girl to hook up with him. Point. Four and a half. Ultimately, Steve Carell finds Marissa Tomei, which apparently I knew that he was in the movie with, and that's the relationship that's meant to be. Nope. Uh, he gets the girl to go home with him. So somewhere four and a half to five points there, which is a lot of points. That works. <laughs> the least boyfriend term moment I said, the next morning, Steve Carl wakes up to make breakfast, knocks on Gosling's door, see what he wants because they're best buds and they eat together every day, and sees the girl he was with the night before in bed with Gosling. She changed rooms midnight. Uh, Gosling says, hey man, what can you do? There's a laugh track, a circle goes in and closes in on them. Everyone shrugs. Steve Carl says, ha ha, oh Ryan Gosling, which doesn't happen but feels like tonally could have happened yeah but i won't give myself any points for that four and a half to five points like i kind of got a lot of the plot right you got a lot of it right you were dead on and i'd never seen this i've never seen trailers i think i just knew about it sort of like through osmosis of this trailer was sort of everywhere okay joe you said this movie is essentially girl interrupted marissa tomei and emma stone are in a mental institution which okay. that was you said Close. that was the crazy Close. sure because you're trying to you're trying to get the crazy, you're trying to get the stupid, you're trying to get the love. Okay. Uh, Ryan Gosling is an orderly. Steve Carell is a really shitty doctor. He's stupid, uh, <laughs> which I'll give you half a point for because in terms of love, this movie is saying he's stupid, right? The most boyfriend material moment thing he does is that he makes sure that they have the right medications. Okay. Uh, the least boyfriend material moment is that he tries to finute Marissa Tomei. And remember, this is when <laughs> I was like, "What are you saying?" He tries to finute Marissa Tomei and Emma Stone into a threesome, which. Definitely happen. not. Definitely doesn't happen. That was uh, your my guesses goodness. for this movie, which surprisingly not super close, but you know, yeah, it, it is what it is. You win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. Joe generally, like Joe was really good at this for a while and then decided to just take it off the rails. Mm. And the, the humor comes from how wild it is, essentially. Sure. Uh, Thank you for telling me where the humor comes wander. from. <laughs> Like, I try to imagine the movie that I want to see based on the title. Right. And that's that's what happens. So let's look back at this movie. What are the most and least boyfriend material moments can either be with Emma Stone or can be with Steve Carell if you think that that's more of the relationship here? I mean, uh, an early contender, I don't know if it's my number one, most boyfriend material moments, it seems like pretty quickly, is okay with meeting her mom. Like, taking that big step when we find out Ooh, that, you that's know, that's, that's where all the trouble goes, but... That's a pretty boyfriend material moment there, that to sort of settle down and meet the parents. Yeah. The boyfriend material moment for me was, like, when he first meets her in the bar, 
and just like all of the like corny one-liners he's using. His lawyer jokes. Like I understand that yeah, that is that's what coming I'm off aggressive, but it's also incredibly charming where he's like objection may I approach the bench and all this different like he's just yeah I understand that like that's the character he's playing that he has the right thing to say at all times but I still loved it that was that was very boyfriend material to me Island, do you have a most boyfriend material moment um for the movie or just Gosling for Gosling specifically okay 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 I mean I think like you mentioned Joey that they or one of the Joys that they sort of fell in love that first night I mean I think that yeah those conversations and you know his rules about never talking about himself and so he asks her to ask him about himself and again it's still as a the whole narrative does not work for me but no um, but that's a but that was a nice moment i see yeah it. that was a nice moment i'm gonna change mine to similar to that my most boyfriend material moment is letting her use the massage chair that i'm sure that no other girl that he's ever had over even knew about true very true this was a thing he spent thousands and thousands of dollars on and felt close enough to her to share this with her now okay least boyfriend material moment. What was sort of the shittiest thing I got one. he did in this movie? Go for it. When he ignores Steve Carell calling him, when Steve mm. Carell's like, mm. can, like, you help me, dude? Like, I have a story to tell you. And, like, he's clearly desperate. And you know Steve Carell doesn't have that many friends. And, like, he knows it. And so he just, like, ignores Steve Carell for a week. Like, yeah. that's pretty shitty. I'm going to, similar to that, say that the least boyfriend material moment is that he continues to ignore Steve Carell until... He needs advice and only then calls Steve Carell. You know what I mean? Like he's into his own shit, which I understand you're in a new relationship, but the first time you're going to reach out is when you need something. Like, yeah, you couldn't even have called him like a day later and been like, Hey dude, I was hanging out with this girl. She's awesome. Not cool, man. Isaac, what's your take for the least boyfriend material moment thing? Either he did to, it doesn't have to be to a character. It could just be something that he did in general. That is just just shitty. That's not something that, you know, would qualify for a relationship. Um, womanizing and his overall, worldview around gender politics relationships like all of that none just of most that of is, the movie yes none of that is attractive <laughs> to me just like all of his characterness okay yeah i get his it his character so the last thing we have to do in this segment before we go on to the awards and this is this is going to be the trickiest one i think we did yet the next movie we're doing is drive mm. which is a movie that i've seen a bunch I've i'm seen a couple guessing times. joe has seen a bunch yeah Isaac, have you seen drive i have not um, I've seen the jacket. We talked about, I think, Joey, did we talk about, was it on when we were recording or between? Previously. That the jacket he wears. In this. When the, the white jacket looks awfully lot, you know, no scorpion on the back, but looks a lot like the, the drive jacket. So so here, I, I'm going to I'm gonna pass. Joe, you can guess if you want, but I think I'm more interested in hearing what Iceland's guesses are for Drive, a movie that you probably know a little bit about, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think are the most and least boyfriend material things he does? I don't think I can do this one. Like, I think I remember enough about the movie to like yeah. not be able to guess. But I think Eisen can guess, if you want to guess. Um, I guess that the most boyfriend material thing he does is... What is the lovely British woman's name? Um, Karen Mulligan. I think that he cuts her hair into that adorable pixie cut. Oh, okay. That's probably the most boyfriend material thing he does. Um, and the least boyfriend material thing he does is he steals the jacket from her. Because it was really... Oh, it's her jacket? Oh. Yeah. I like that. That's my guess. Aizen, this is not to make fun of you. Can you tell us what you think Drive is about? <laughs> Drive is about um, Ryan Gosling, who has driving gloves. And I don't know how much driving he does, but I know he has the gloves. Okay. And Carrie Mulligan is in some sort of abusive relationship. Uh-huh. And, and arguably, whatever their relationship is, is also unhealthy but there's curb stomping and like a lot of quiet there's not very much dialogue but then there's just outbursts of violence 
That is all I know about that movie. pretty close, from what I remember. All of that is correct, but I feel like whatever the connective tissue is in your mind between those things is Mm -hmm. wildly wrong. Like, I think you know all of the beats, Mm -hmm. which is very impressive, but in terms of getting to the pixie cut... Because I like, I, I that's what that's what I love about you know Joe's guesses and also your guess is that there's the movie that we we know it is in our hearts, but yet in there somewhere that Ryan Gosling still takes the time to give a haircut, which I genuinely find adorable. Yeah, and I love it. That'd be awesome. That's a good boyfriend material moment too. Very much so. Well, you'll have to let me know whether I'm right or not. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to listen to the next, next episode. You're in three right. Months. That's <laughs> in three months. Oh yeah, we're going quarterly. Hmm. Pumping the brakes. Pumping All the brakes right. as we're doubling up on Too Fast, Too Forever. Downshifting in the drive. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll try to survive. Well, there'll still be plenty of us if you want to hear us. There's also a whole back catalog of Zack Attack that I'm sure no one has worked through except for the eight people who have written into us. But, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of us talking <laughs> about a, things. There's a lot of nonsense going I on. I needed a New Year's resolution, so uh, maybe Watch the New Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve episode. With <laughs> and listen to our episode. We have a <laughs> countdown on the episode. You can we count do. down to New Year's Eve with us. <laughs> All right, time to nominate this for the Golden Geese, the Golden Fleece, the Gossies, the Ryan Gosling Award Show. Best film, no. Worst film, I'm still going to say no. no. Definitely not worse. It could get worse than this. Not uh, next category, most disappointing movie, I'm going to say no. I thought I was very, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Best or worst Gosling role? Possibly best. What? Best Gosling role? Possibly best. It's everything that I wanted in a Gosling role. No, was it, there was a category about most disappointing. There's most disappointing movie. Yes, most disappointing. But movie, not most, most not most disappointing character. Okay, then yes, I say this is the most disappointing Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> okay, good. Here's what I'm gonna say Hot to take. you to Hot to take. sort of give Eislin, and I think what we all tend to agree with. I'm gonna nominate this for least boyfriend material caliber role. True. Most fun film, no. Best song, no. Best soundtrack score, no. Mm. Cinematography, no. Costumes, no. Best hair? Well, look at that, all those suits and stuff. Oh, well, if that's actually a nominated Gangster Squad. True, yeah, true. All right, we'll put they it on there. great, I agree. All right, very I was good thinking point. of costume and the idea of, like, costume, because he's in, like, some right. fantastical movies, too, so there's, like, actual costumes, you know? Mm-hmm. Do we want to nominate it for Best Ryan Gosling Hair? No. Oh. Pretty we also, standard. Yeah. We have it's on there good. Big it's Short small. and Place Beyond the Pines. There's You're going the other way. He had such... I think you're going to find some awesome and awesomely bad hair in the younger days. So I think, I think that's why the category is here. I think it's too Absolutely. Soon. Best or worst Ryan Gosling love story? Nah, neither. No. Because I think like we talked about, like, you know, the, 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 the relationship politics are very poor, but his relationship with Emma Stone seems genuine. But it doesn't yeah, seem so it's weird. special or spectacular. Best Ryan Gosling scream? I don't think he screams in this movie, does he? We haven't heard him scream. I didn't see him scream. Best Ryan Gosling cry? I don't think he cries in this movie. Nope, doesn't cry. He does get punched in the face for the fifth time. Slapped. Gets punched by John Carroll. Well, no, he gets punched by John Carroll. Oh, yeah, and he gets slapped twice. Oh, interesting. So so I have everyone for Only God Forgives and everyone for The Nice Guy, so I'll just say everyone, Crazy Stupid Love. Fair. Does not play an instrument. No. Does not kill anyone. No. Best job. We don't know what he does. Best dancing scene. Well, you got the dirty dancing. dancing The lift. Yeah, you got to get the lift in there. I agree. Now, here's the last category. Best non-gauze role, male or female. Do I nominate anybody for this movie uh, for the best performance in a gauzing movie so far? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. 
I mean, I, can I just, as a guest, I'm going to nominate Julianne Moore just because I think she is I want more, more of an of actor than yeah. anybody else in this movie. So just to give her a reason for being there and doing good work, I will nominate her for best actor in a. All right, I'll, I'll put her in there. I, I don't mind that. We, we're probably going to cut that down already because we already have like six people there that we can we can cut down. But I don't I don't mind throwing her an honorary no, nomination right now. I want more of her though. But I agree. You know, we Mike and I talked for a while, uh, not for a while, but like we we once mentioned that we might do a podcast about her because I think she's had like a very interesting career. And of course, we would call it more or less M O O R E or mm. less. <laughs> so I like it. Uh, cool. That's all we got. The last and next recording sort of changes because we are now going every three months, but the last Magic Mike's we did is Stop Loss. Go check that one out. Also, go check out... Basically, the point of this segment now is just go check out Too Fast, Too Forever. That's where we're going to be. If you want more of Boyfriend Material, email boyfriendmaterial yeah. at cageclub.me. Let us know. But, Island, thank you so much for joining us here. Hey, sorry that for we, having me. Sorry that we had you watch, or sorry that you chose to watch, question mark, <laughs> this uh, very complicated, you know, not so great toward people in general movie. I'm glad that you were here to help us wade through the murky waters of complicated relationship issues. And I'm glad to be here because I knew most of that would not have gotten brought up if I wasn't here. Not at all. No, we would have totally missed <laughs> So I that. just came to ruin a movie. Yeah, I'm glad you were here. I like your take Aww. on stuff. I'm always glad that Island's here. Amen. I love Word. it. Same. I love it. You know, when she's not devastating our childhood and ruining our, our childhood favorite movies, but... That's what I'm here <laughs> She didn't for. do that to me. She didn't do that to me. Not yet. <laughs> this was a movie that I think we all, that Joe and I enjoyed much more than we enjoyed Stop Loss, but... True. You know, we were able to, once again, point out its flaws, so... Eisen, have you heard or do you listen to Magic Mike's? Did you hear our episode on fighting? Yes or no? You can say you can be honest. You can say no if you haven't. So I haven't, but I was. It's in my queue. I have also not seen the movie because I don't watch movies that are titled fighting because I figure there's probably going to be some fighting in it. Well, so so one thing I will say, we give you. We I think I mentioned to you that we we talk about you a lot because your guesses for that movie were very close. But the more oh, important good. thing is when we were on, we were talking about stop loss. Your game for that episode was what dogs would you replace the main characters with? And while we were talking about fighting, Joe was like, you know what? If you replaced Ryan God or if, if, if you replaced Channing Tatum with a dog in this movie, I don't think a, thing, a single thing would have changed. And I was <laughs> like, oh, Eisen kind of in a weird way predicted dogs for people. Nice. Yeah. Uh, excellent. It was very weird. But yes, that's kind of all you need to know about fighting is that like you can replace the lead actor with a dog and not much changes. Like that's the kind of movie that you're looking at. Yeah. Mm, okay. I will keep that in mind. But if you want to quickly here at the end mention your podcast, The Contenders, which comes out every other Tuesday, this one will be out. So we just released this week, you just released Hocus Pocus. We and the did. next episode, you're going to be doing Ghostbusters to continue the kind of spooky Halloween month, correct? Mm. Exactly. The, yeah, the just for fun Halloween times. I like your idea of doing thematically or seasonally inappropriate movies, like having. Uh, a horror movie for Christmas or like a Christmas movie in April just because yes you know you're your own boss I like yes, it I did I did promise to watch one truly scary movie per year for the podcast um, I did commit to that and that's about my average I do watch a, a scary movie about once a year but I suggested that we release it on Christmas um, that way we Which could I watch love. a scary movie together so we'll see how that unfolds but yes we're recording tomorrow for um, our 
Ghostbusters episode that comes out in two weeks, and we have a, a scholar on um, who's written about Ghostbusters. Yeah, who's written about the the oh. um, controversy and backlash. It's a chapter in a larger book about um, women in media. So very exciting. I do genuinely love the contenders. I I urge everyone. So here, if you only listen to boyfriend material, and since we are going once every three months. Spend that one episode a month that we're not here listening to an episode of The Contenders or two, because Iceland and Tobin on there together are delightful. I've been on two episodes talking about Wonder Woman, and I still feel a little Revenge. bit bad that I made Eisen watch Revenge. I know. I feel, okay. you know, was that your super scary movie of the year, or is that just like your super say, violent that movie? Might have, that was when I think of, like, didn't I see something very bloody already? Oh, yeah. right. It was Revenge. But it was Revenge. again, it was, on the whole, a positive experience for me. I'm glad I watched it. So thank you for that. We haven't, but we haven't had other Joey on. Come on our no. podcast, Joey. No, I'm no? always down to Joey. You're refusing? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I would, depending on which super scary movie you do, I would love to talk with you specifically, and also with Tobin, about It Follows and about The Witch and about Raw. And Raw is basically the closest thing to revenge oh, that I've seen. Yeah. No, there's no way on earth I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> Unless you start paying me for this. Well, you are our manager of West Coast Podcast Development. You it's are, true. you know, your I, uh, title is a, is a money-making title if, if we make what? money. I'll add that to my, um, you know, the signature on the end of my emails. Perfect. But um, I've seen it follows. So, yeah, we could talk about that another time. And cool. then, re- you know, release it as a special episode. Ooh, a very special episode. <laughs> but thank you again for joining us. And for all things The Contenders and all things Boyfriend Material and all of the shows, especially... Too Fast Too Forever. You can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. We are now on Spotify too. So if you want to listen to this show, if it's more convenient for you to listen to it on Spotify, we are now on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can also listen to every episode at cageclub.me. Wherever you want to listen to, hopefully you can listen to it there. If you can't, email boyfriendmaterial.cageclub.me and let us know how you want to listen. We'll get it there. Also email us and just say hi send in pictures of cereal, yell at us to come back, send in mailbag episode emails. Whatever you want. Whatever you, whatever you want. want to do. Just say hi. We are very vain, like I've been saying. We want to hear from you. Boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. That was Island Addington of the Contenders Podcast, and we'll see you next time in three months. Remember, January for Drive, right here on Boyfriend Material. Say that you'll stay a little Say bye-bye